I'm not hearing anything on here either. Oh dear, this is not going to be a very exciting morning, everybody, because I can't hear on the pod beam either. Um, Can you hear me on pod Oh, yes, now. Okay. I was getting uh, concerned there. I'm having a lot of problems with my sound today, so I apologize, podcasters. We're going to do the best we can. Um, we are uh, look. We are uh, studying this book, Rich Dad Poor Dad, um, and it's a lot of words. It's a lot of words telling a story, and I thoroughly recommend everybody buying this book to read for themselves to get the details. Uh, but what we're going to do this morning is start with chapter one, and chapter one starts uh, with Dad. Can you tell me how to get rich? My dad put down the evening paper. Why do you want to get rich, son? Because today, Jimmy's mum drove up in their new Cadillac and they were going to the beach house for the weekend. He took three of his friends, but Mike and I weren't invited. They told us we weren't invited because we were poor kids. So um, Robert, who is the author of this book, he was going to a school in a neighborhood uh, that was really rich. He just happened to be living on the right side of the street to be able to uh, join this neighborhood, uh, this school. And he had another friend called Mike, who uh, also, by a quirk of fate, was able to go to this school as well. So the two of them were really good friends, but they were considered by their other friends whose parents were top managers or doctors or dentists or people who basically uh, appeared to have a lot of money um, and they, they didn't fit in and they were going to be at that school um, until um, they went to high school and then all of the rich kids would go to private schools and uh, Mike and um, Robert would end up going to a local school. So when he asked his dad, how do I get rich? His dad pretty much in ignored the question after that. But eventually he said to his son, well, the only way to get rich is to use your head. So Robert figured that just meant his dad didn't know the answer because he didn't, wasn't able to tell him. So um, he decided, he got together with his friend Mike and he said, you know, we've got to make some money. So the two of them schemed together and um, they started to collect toothpaste tubes. Don't forget, back in 1956, toothpaste tubes were not made of plastic. They were made of metal. In fact, they were made of lead. And when I read that, I thought, oops, I'm not sure lead made <laughs> tubes was that safe. But anyway, so... They collected all these toothpaste tubes to the point that where his mother was saying, what are you doing with these? You've got to do something with them because if you don't do something soon, I'm going to throw it out. Anyway, they had a plan. And what they did was they, they basically um, treated the toothpaste tubes to get all the paint off them. And then, I can't believe, there were only nine, they melted the lead. And then they had made this makeshift um, press, if you like, out of plaster of Paris. 
And they poured the lead into the, the park plaster of Paris, and um, they were able to, um, they were making a mold. And after they were making some mold, his dad turns up and says, what are you making? And so they, they uh, broke the mold and out popped a lead nickel. And his dad said, oh, I told you to make money, but you can't <laughs> make money because that's not allowed. And so obviously that scheme fell on his head. But you can see these young men were enterprising. And the father said, okay, you didn't exactly do what I, what I told you, but I'm so proud of you for actually doing something. And you know, we say this all the time in our business. You know, maybe you don't know what you're gonna do, but you gotta do something. And by doing actions, it takes you nearer to where you wanna be. So um, Robert's dad said, you know what? The best person to ask about making money is um, Mike's dad. And we, Mike and, and Robert looked at each other and said, my dad? And, uh, and Robert's dad said, yeah, because uh, whenever I go to the bank, all they do is rave about Mike's dad and how much money he's making and what a great uh, person he is for making money. And you know what? There are a lot of rich kids whose uh, parents are dependent on the government or dependent on the perhaps the sugar plantation plant, which was in the town. Should they ever lose their job, they probably would have no money. So um, he said, make an appointment, go and see Mike's dad. So that's what they did. So the following Saturday, they ended up saying to Mike's dad, you know, we want to learn how to make money. And so um, Mike's dad said, okay, you really want to make money? Like you want to learn a lesson from me? And uh, they both said yes. So he said, okay, go and work in my little store. I'll pay you 10 cents an hour and you're gonna be there for four, uh, three hours every Saturday morning. So Robert started protest, but I've got um, baseball on Saturday morning. I play with my friends. And, he, and Mike's dad says, well, do you wanna make money? And he says, yeah. He says, well, go and work in the store. So that's what they did, four weeks for a measly 10 cents an hour. And so at the end of um, three hours, they'd get 30 cents. And then Robert, he said, what he did was, was spend it on comic books. Anyway, after four weeks, he'd had enough. I'm not doing this anymore. This is like oh, slave labor. Even my dad's cross. He says, you need to report you to the government because you're not paying us enough money. And so he said, I'm going to go see your dad. I need to make an appointment. This is not right. So off he goes, makes an appointment, goes to the office. Kept, he's kept waiting for at least an hour. He goes in to see Rich, um, Mike's dad. This is not fair, you're only paying me 10 cents an hour. My dad says I should report you to the government. You're so cruel, you don't, you know, you're not looking after us. And uh, it, the, Mike's dad looks at him, he's gonna, he's gonna call him Rich Dad. Rich Dad looks at him and says, oh, so you're not happy. No, I'm not happy. Like, how can you expect me to be happy with 10 cents an hour? He says, well, you're just talking like most of my employees now. What do you mean? I think you're being cruel. You promised me that you would teach me how to make money. Now you're just using me. Um, you're not keeping your part of the bargain. 
So um, he let him rant for a little while, and then Rich Dad said, well, you know, a lot of people just give in and accept that that's their lot in life. Some people fight like you, and some people learn the lesson. And so he says, you know, this, I want you to learn the lesson. I want you to think about what it is I might be teaching you. So, um, so anyway, he, uh, he carried on and um, he says, uh, you, know, I'm, you know, life does not, ha- um, does not, how can I explain it? What, what, what we need to do is you need to learn. But what um, Robert wasn't getting was that Mike was not giving him any lessons. He was basically trying to get him to learn about life. And um, Rich Dad explained that some of life's lessons, you just learn from doing it. And that life has a habit of pushing you around. And what most people do is they blame their boss or they blame their wife or they blame the government. But they never blame themselves. They never look at themselves and say, how could I react to these situations more. So stop blaming everybody else and change yourself. And he realized, you know, my dad, he worked really hard, but all he does all the time is not have any money. He's not rich, he has a good job, but he can't manage his money. And and Rich Dad says, it's good to be angry about the fact that I wasn't paying you much. But sometimes having more money is not going to solve any problems because all that does is get you to have more things. So he says, how did you feel when I was only paying 10 cents an hour? And he says, well, I didn't feel very good. I felt exploited. And he says, what you have to do is learn from this situation. So you and Mike are going to go back to work and have no money this time. What? No money? How can that be possible? So um, he said the, the, less, the first lesson that you need to learn is rich people don't work for money. So he's thinking about this. He didn't tell his dad that he'd gone back to work for no money. Um, so he did four weeks without pay. And um, then he went back to uh, Mike's dad. After four weeks, Mike's dad actually went to the store, picked up the two kids, and said, okay, so what have you learned? So they looked at each other, and um, he says, um, you know, have you learned anything? Like, would you like me to now pay you 25 cents? And he's already been talking to them about not working for money. So he puts the money up, $1 an hour? $2 an hour, $5 an hour. Now, Robert knew that was ridiculous, but he couldn't help himself being excited at the thought of working for $5 an hour. I mean, no kid ever works for $5 an hour. He'd have so much money, be able to do this, do this. And, uh, but anyway, he kept quiet, and him and Mike, they looked at each other, and they realized that there was no price that they would be able to work for because they wanted to learn. And he says, Robert was really pleased with him. He said, because most people in life are fueled by fear and greed. Fear that they can't pay their bills, 
and greed or desire for the things they want. And so those people enter the rat race. So they get onto the wheel that turns and turns and they never get off because all they want is more stuff and so they need more money. So he said to them, the first thing that you have to um, be is honest. Honest to yourself. Tell the truth. How are you feeling in different situations? Uh, don't fall into the trap of wanting more money to achieve things, so working for more money. Um, and, and ask yourself, whenever you're in the situation that you want more money, that is getting a job the way to getting more money? Because often people end up getting a second job to try and get more money to, because they wake up in night and they're, fear, you know, they're fearful of situations they're in. And he says, you know, always think about the donkey and the carrot. And while ever a carrot is dang dangled in front of a donkey, he'll always go after the carrot. What you have to do is you have to be in charge of your emotions. You have to not desire to the point where you just want to make money. You have to make sure you are in charge of your emotions, not your emotions in charge of you. Choose what to think. He says rich people um, make money, not work for money. And so actually when they went back to the store um, and they're still working there for nothing, one Saturday they saw the guy come and pick up the old comic books. And he said, um, um, Robert said to the guy, well, can, and they cut off the, the uh, cover. He said, well, can I have the comic books? And the guy said, sure, you can have them because you work here as long as you don't resell them. So him and Mike, what they did was they set up a comic book library and they charged the kids 10 cents to come to the comic book library and they ended up, you know, kids would come and it was a bargain for the kids because they could read six, seven comics at a time where normally they'd pay 10 cents to buy a comic. So um, they ran this library and they were... Um, for, it worked for three months until there was a big fight in the library and they had to shut it down. But they were working and they were making $9.50 an hour and they were paying Mike's sister 10 cents an hour to, um, to be like the librarian. So they also started to learn about having employees work for them. So that is sort of like a recap of of chapter one, but now I'm going to pass you over to Mary Pierre and she's going to give you some more nuts and bolts about what uh, we were talk I've been talking about. Yes, thank you, Melanie. I really love the story and I just learned that every chapter will be a story, so we will uh, make sure that we understand what is the principle behind those stories. So for the first chapter, the lesson number one, just remember, the rich don't work for money. Just like the rich dad says in the story, money works for me, not the other way around. So he wants you to work to let you learn how money works and how to have it work for you. But if you want to master how, 
first you have to alleviate your fear because according to the rich dad fear is the primary emotion when the subject of money is discussed so it keeps most people to stay in their job because they fear of not being able to pay the bills or not having enough money and greed is the second so if you offer more money they also increase spending so if you don't want to become a slave to your money you have to think about it logically not true emotion so just to really understand i know it's something that we will cover more in detail uh, in the next chapters but there's four uh, ways to make money so instead there's employee so you work for money so you exchange your time and effort for your income you don't work uh, if you don't work you don't get paid the second one yes you still work for money you're self-employed so you work for yourself but you can but you cannot take a six week holiday and your business will keep going without you if you're self-employed you need to be there to make money so you work for money and on the other side you have money working for you so there's the big business so these people have people working hard for them to generate their them an income and then they have investors so they are the people that have money working hard for them so they can play golf and live a good life <laughs> so we will discuss more in details of those four but just to understand exactly where we are going with that so after i learned that yes it's fear and greed the two emotions that make people stay in their job and work for money and not make your money work for you. So I decided to do a, a little research for you this morning to make sure to overcome the fear of being poor. Because the key to overcoming your fear of being poor is to change your perspective. So there's five idea to help you do that. So number one is that abundance is not just money. Yes, our society condition uh, will uh, make us think that to be abundant it requires a lot of money and it condition us to buy material possession but we think that having things shows we are successful and gives us self-worth but abundance comes in many forms the important thing is to see and appreciate the things that you have in your life to truly feel abundant so there's some example of things that without monetary value but you, it makes you appreciate it and make you feel abundant. So number one is time, because money is an infinite resource. You can always make more money, but the time we have is limited. The number two is connection. So connection is open to everybody. Most of us have a family, friends that we love and spend time with. Or if you don't have that, you can have a connection just from a smile uh, with a stranger. So do we appreciate the connection we already have and can we connect more and deeper with people? So true connection is open to everyone and also abundant. And number three is nature. So the sun on your face, walking outdoor and looking at the birds, admiring the plant view and tree. So the whole world is a series of little miracles. So we're used, but we're used to them. So we call them ordinary things. So being in nature can be a huge reminder of that. So no matter how little money maybe you have now, the miracles of life continue to go on around us.
After that, the number two idea to overcome the fear of being poor is that the fear of poverty comes from a mindset of scarcity. So we often fear being poor because we fear that there's a lack out there. So we worry that we will lose our job or that our business will fail, so we'll lose our income. But why do we worry? We worry that money will stop and we won't be able to earn anymore. So we need to ask ourselves, is, is what we are thinking is really true? So if you lose your job, there are many other jobs out there. So maybe that's not the the way you want it, but there's money is not in lack. So it may be the best job, but maybe the job that you need now that you require to learn some new skills and changing your life in some way, and that this can be a good thing. So changing our life may even uh, bring more abundance, opportunities, and growth. So how do you change your mindset of scarcity to one of abundance? First, become aware of all the form of abundance that comes in your life. Be prepared to receive it. So we don't, we often don't receive what's out there because we are not open to it. So make sure that you take time to receive what is given to you. Just accept a compliment and gratitude. So take time to appreciate everything that you have in life. Number three is placing immense value on money can make you have a miserable life. So in our society, people are so focused on having money that they value it above everything else. So people will base their life decision on money rather than other value. So we want to make sure that, yes, we make our decision on our value and not just uh, on money. Number four is that poverty is a great teacher. So if you understand that you can learn from it, if some, someday it's happened to you, that you can learn from it, you will not fear it. So you will maybe learn that you will survive. You will get through and get stronger. You won't be poor forever. You will learn new skills. Maybe learn how to cook on a small budget. So you know it's something that you can uh, give to people around you after that. So you will learn that, yes, abundance is everywhere. And number five is that fear of poverty is a lack of trust in yourself. So ask yourself this question. If you lost all your money tomorrow, what would you do? You would go out there and get yourself a new job, start a new business, sell your clothes on eBay, on Marketplace, <laughs> get, the, uh, get the bus instead of a car. So whatever it would be, you will manage it. So at the end of the day, to get rid of the fear of poverty, you will need to build a deeper trust in yourself. You need to believe that you yeah you would cope, that you would work it out, and eventually you would get yourself out of poverty. So just remember that yes, you will make it. So you will not fear the poverty. So you now that you won't have that fear, you are ready to make your money works for you and not work for money. So just. Remember that. So I hope it helps you uh, understand a little bit more with all this story, that beautiful story that Melanie uh, talked about. So we will continue next week with uh, this uh, story. But with this principle, just remember, you don't have to fear the fear of poverty. So you make sure that, yes, you can achieve 
to your money, your money that will work for you. So I hope it helped you understand and we'll continue next week. So have a beautiful day, have a beautiful weekend and see you next week.